very warm welcome to the Understanding Users podcast, brought to you by Researchable UX. It's great to have you with me. I'm your host, Mike Green. I'm a freelance user research lead and digital consultant based in the UK. Over the coming weeks, I'm going to be chatting to various digital experts who I've had the pleasure of working with in recent years. They're from various disciplines, including user research, UX design, development, and product management. And they'll even be a digital business owner or two. I'll be talking to them about how they came to be in their current roles, what they've learned along the way, and what advice they may have for others getting into the field. These are intended to be relaxed, informal chats with professionals who are keen to share their experiences. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the first of this three-part episode of Understanding Users, where I'm talking to the keynote speakers at the third and fully remote user-centered design, or UCD, gathering conference in June 2022. I talk first with Jen Thompson, who's the program committee chair for UCD Gathering 2022. She introduces the conference and the four inspiring keynote speakers who I'm going to be speaking with over the next few episodes. She also discusses what attendees can expect from the conference in the way of engaging tutorials, live sessions, interactive group sessions and speaker Q&A, plus an all-important hallway track where people can meet and share experiences with fellow UX practitioners. Then I talk with the first keynote speaker, Tim Yeo, who's design director at IBM and who coaches introverts to have impact and influence without pretending to be extroverts at The Quiet Achiever. Tim tells me about his career to date, the way he works, and shares more about his keynote address at UCD Gathering 2022, entitled Design Leadership for Introverts. Finally, Tim plays my three-quad challenge to share his favorite UX tool, favorite technique, and a trend he hopes to see more of in the future. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So I'm joined now by Jen Thompson, who's Programme Committee Chair for UX Scotland and for the UCD Gathering. Great to have you on the show, Jen. Hi, thanks, Mike. It's uh, nice to be here. Could you tell me uh, a little bit more about yourself and your role in terms of being the Programme Chair? My role as Programme Chair for UCD Gathering, I... um, in charge of finding the keynotes, um, identifying um, potential keynotes for the conference and inviting them to speak. I also put together a panel of industry peers who will review the talks submissions that come in through a call for for proposals. I then um, review all of those myself as well and we take the, the talks and workshops that score the highest um, and we put them into the programme. You mentioned the keynote speakers there. We're going to hear more from them. We're going to get each of them to talk a little bit about their talk. From your perspective, what excites you about the the, the different talks they're going to be giving and what they're going to be saying? So I am a big fan of some of these um, keynotes that we've got this year. Um, We've got Tim Yeo, who is based in Sydney. And I knew Tim before inviting him along to be a keynote. Tim uh, does. Tim has a, a course for um, design introverts, and the talk that he's going to be doing is um, design leadership for introverts. This is something that I'm really interested in um, about how our preference, our social preferences, affect the way that we work, and how you know how we can all work better together. So it's not just for introverts. I must say, you know, extroverts will take something from this as well about, you know, how to work alongside their colleagues, uh, like how to potentially line manage their colleagues. Who else do we have? So we've got Ben Holiday. Um I've known Ben for a long time. Ben has 
a book out at the moment called Multiplied by Design, which is about how we all how we can all basically like work better. Ben has a wealth of experience in the public sector. And yeah, I'm really excited to have him on board. And we also have Errol Fox, don't we? And uh, Daniel Tewitt. So Errol and Daniel are two people who have been on my radar for a little while. Both of them were recommended to me as keynote speakers for this conference. Um, And after I had a chat with them both, um, yeah, I was really excited to bring them on board. Daniel is a service designer and he he is doing a talk on how complexity is shaping the world of designing good services. He has a real wealth of experience in service design complexity, systems thinking. Also, he's a leader and mentor. So I think, yeah, I'm really excited about getting him on board too. Errol was recommended to me as well. And they are human-centered designer. They've done a lot of interesting work with um, NGOs um, and third sector. And the talk that they're doing is on trauma-informed design. Tell me a little bit about the event and how it's structured, because obviously it's it's a purely online event. The conference is structured over two days and we have three tracks on one day and four tracks on the second day. We have a mix of workshops, of talks, of case studies, different lengths. Some of them are half an hour, some of them are 60 minutes and then some of the workshops are a little bit longer. Uh, We always make sure that everybody has time for a break to get a cup of tea and um, stretch their legs in between each of the sessions. Because it's online, obviously, it can be tiring, um, like sitting at a screen all day when um, you're not always interacting with things. So we've got plenty um, plenty of time for breaks. It starts at nine o'clock each day and finishes at around about five. And is there an overarching theme uh, this year? Things along the lines of inclusivity, um, design ethics, culture and collaboration, um, career pathways, mental health. So the conference isn't just about getting those hard design skills for people. Um, It's about all those other things that, you know, make you a good designer, can help your career along. And who's the intended audience, Jen? So the audience is a mixture of, um, well, predominantly UX designers, um, UX researchers, content designers, um, product designers, uh, you know, everything that comes under that user-centered design banner, but also, you know, we sometimes get product product managers along, front-end developers, like people who have an interest in the conference. We sometimes get other people from other professions as well. And I'm interested to know, running a, an online-only conference, obviously that's become very much the norm in the last couple of years, but what, what uh, you know, how has that changed the way you've planned it and what, let's say, opportunities or benefits does that provide conference organisers in terms of, of how, they, how they run events and who, who can attend them? So I would say in a prog- from a programme perspective, um, it's really quite similar to the way that we run the in-person events, except there's a, a slight, like I'd said, there's a slightly longer break in between sessions so that people can get up and move around. From an online perspective, I mean, it's the accessibility. Um, it's accessible to people who might not be able to travel um, for a two-day conference um, to another part of the country for whatever reason, whether they have care and responsibilities or for work reasons. It's also accessible to people from, um, you know, different countries. So we have, we'll have pe- people attending from Australia, people attending from America, as well as, you know, our um, our UK audience. And final question, but most importantly, how can uh, people who haven't signed up yet uh, do so if they want to take part? 
Um, so you can buy your tickets at ucdgathering.net. Um, the tickets are still available. So yeah, please do sign up and join us on the 8th and 9th of June. Really, we just want people to take away a buzz. Uh, you know, conferences usually give you that buzz and a little bit more energy about your job about your work when you you know see new ways of doing things and meet other people and that sort of thing so I hope people take away from this. Next I speak with Tim Yeo who is design director at IBM and who's the first of the keynote speakers at the UCD gathering 2022. He tells me about his career to date how he works and shares more about his keynote address entitled design leadership for introverts. Welcome Tim great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Love to hear a little bit more about you and your role and uh, and your day-to-day work, Tim. So I've been working in design for the last 18 years. About nine of those years has been consulting. About nine of those years has been in-house. And back in the day when I first started uh, in design, even the term user experience, it wasn't even invented yet. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I had to learn, it was simply learning by doing. Uh, when I graduated from university, um, I found the only company in my country from Singapore that only did user experience consulting. And I worked there for a couple of years. And shortly after that, um, there was nowhere else to join. So uh, we actually started our own company to continue that practice. Um, and it really started from there. Um, my most recent experience over the last 10 years has actually been in startups, uh, in fintech. Um, and then most recently, right now, I'm working at IBM Consulting, where we are helping embed um, startup practices within enterprise clients. So how can um, designers, researchers, UX professionals in general ensure, uh, this is obviously thinking generally, ensure they have an impact, would you say, Tim, on the, the product teams, and the design teams that they're working with and the, the services that they're building and obviously the users that are using those services? I think sometimes in doing the work that we do, we get lost in the numbers, in the metrics, um, in a lot of things that don't actually talk about the real impact that you're making for the customer. I think there's a real importance to understand and speak a common language of business. But I also think it is important to speak in the common language of the people they're designing for the people that you are actually trying to help um, and whose lives you're trying to make a difference for. I think at the end of the day, we are, we are all human beings. There's always a human story that people can connect to and can relate to. Um, so it's important not to get, it's important to make sure that the numbers are right and to talk in that common language of business and numbers, but to also have that common language about the customer and the people they're designing for. What do you love about what you do in your day-to-day work? Making a difference in the lives of the people you're designing for. I think sometimes the conversation can get a little bit lost when we talk about pixel perfection and designing things for the sake of designing things. For me, the thing that gets me up in the morning is knowing that the stuff that I'm making is making a difference in someone's lives. It might be a business, it might be an actual end user. That's what keeps me still interested in doing this even after the last 18 years or so. And just to flip that on its head, conversely, 
Tim, what would you say frustrates you perhaps about what you do? I think early in my career, there was a strong frustration about things not happening faster, um, wishing that you know I could do everything um, and do everything myself. <laughs> and almost, you know, not just design, but code, but also engineer and do all those things to bring some of these ideas to life. Um, but that's simply not true. Um, work is a team sport. Uh, the work that I've done has been mostly digital. Um, it's been websites, it's been apps. And the reality is that complex problems uh, require a complex blend of skills that I don't have all of them. So partly in what I came to realize is that an important skill I had to learn um, is how to work well with people, to understand people's interests, how to work well in teams, so that we together, not just myself alone, we as a team can deliver and make uh, a positive impact on the people that we're designing for. Um, the talk that I'm giving is called Design Leadership for Introverts. Early in my career, as I was starting out, I started like most designers, learning how to push pixels really well. Um, and then over time, I started to realize that, you know, I couldn't do everything myself. I had to learn how to work well with people. And at the stage in my career later on, um, I wanted to lead. Um, I wanted to make, have an even greater impact in steering and choosing what are the things that we get to design. Um, and it came very naturally uh, within me, that desire. Um, it didn't feel forced. Uh, but at the same time, I was within the teams that I was, in the cultures that I was working in, I was pushing up against this expectation or this idea of what a leader looks like. And that picture, that picture was not me. Um, you know, the picture of the leader was somebody that can give speeches and presentations at the drop of a hat. Somebody that is always out there, is outgoing and has so much energy all the time with people and constantly peopling, peopling and more peopling. And, you know, at the time, I didn't even have the language to describe introversion or extroversion or even even knowing that there were different types, I just knew who I was. And when I saw that picture, it just, it's, it's not me. I, I recognized that it was not me. And it was only over time that I started practicing and trying different things that felt more natural to me. Because for a while I was pretending, you know, I thought that if you wanted to be a leader, that's, that's how you had to behave. You know, I remember before big presentations, I would be sitting at home watching keynote speeches from Steve Jobs at Apple keynote speeches, just to see how he speaks and how, how he actually delivers like impactful um, presentations. And for a while that actually worked, you know, trying and adopting all these ways of being that were not me that worked, but it, I was, it was really tiring. I was tired. It didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like me. So it was only over time that I realized, you know, I tried different things, different ways of working. Not everything has to be a meeting. Not everything has to be a presentation. One of the biggest challenges that I always struggled with was networking, uh, walking into a room full of people that you never recognize, that you don't even know, and then walking up and saying hi to them. I completely struggled with that, completely. As soon as I arrived, I wanted to go home. <laughs> and this was pre-COVID. And yeah, I had to find a different way. Um, and that's how, that's how this talk came about. 
Um, I took a lot of the lessons that I learned, that I practiced, that I felt was working for me. Um, and I put it into a talk and I started giving it. And I think it resonates with a lot of people who are like me. Um, the key here is that there's not just one way, there's not just one picture of being a leader. You can be your own, own version of what a leader looks like, and it doesn't have to be an extrovert. In terms of the audience then and what they can take from that, Tim, how might they put into practice any of the things you're going to cover in terms of kind of techniques or insight? So I come from a country that's very efficient and practical. <laughs> Whenever I attend conferences, I've always uh, geared towards uh, talks that actually leave me with things I can take home, like tomorrow I actually put to practice. So I made a conscious effort that in the talks that I deliver uh, to have that for people. So there'll be practical lessons about how to perform in meetings, how to speak up. And um, when you do speak up, how to make sure that you're heard. Um, how do you be more visible in your organization? Um, because sometimes if you don't speak up and you're not seen, then people don't realize that you exist or that your work exists. So how do you do that without, in a very authentic way that feels natural and that comes naturally to you and not trying to pretend to be somebody else? Um, I also have practical tips about how you can network, um, especially if you're working in a remote environment and you might not actually be able to, in a safe way, um, go to networking events. How do you go out there, connect with people so that you can find people that you can help or who can help you in the future? Um, tips that I'll be sharing will be practical, they'll be bite-sized, and there'll be things that you can put uh, into practice the very next day. Last thing is the three-card challenge, uh, Tim. So as I mentioned at the beginning, I've got three cards here. And on the back of each, I've written either trend, tool, or technique. So if I could get you just to choose your first card. Well, let's go with the ace. Uh, the ace is a tool. So in your day-to-day -day work, what's your, your tool of choice or your, your go-to tool that, you, um, that helps you do what you do? Wow. Let's go for a controversial one. So it wouldn't be a design tool. It'll be a communication tool. And that tool is Slack. In, uh, I've had two jobs during the uh, COVID pandemic. Um, during this time, we've had to work remote. So a lot of the conversations have actually gone digital. And for us in those environments, it's been over Slack. Um, we had to learn new ways of supercharging how we actually use direct messages, um, how we can actually com communicate in public channels so that everyone is informed and aware of what's happening rather than having private messages. Um, having conversations in public channels, make sure that people are aligned. Um, and also the importance to have cadence to some of the things that you do, especially if you're managers and leaders of people. Being Having a cadence of... Um, pinging people so that you can check and make sure that they are okay. So yeah, Slack is my tool of choice. Brilliant. Next two. Let's go with uh, Jack of Spades. Jack of Spades. This is a technique. So tell me about your, your favored technique. I think it's got to be user research. I think that's where I started there's always a benefit. You know, you, uh, you always think, you know, you've learned enough, you know everything about your customers and the people they are designing for. 
And all it takes is just one more research session there where you learn something that you did not know before. Um, my technique would definitely be user research. And I think it's such a transferable skill, um, especially if you need to learn how to work with people, uh, whether it's stakeholders or your teammates, understanding their interests and what they care about. It's such a useful skill. So definitely user research. And then the last one, Queen of Diamonds, is a trend. Now, I know some people hate the word trends, but a trend that you maybe you see now, maybe you see in the future, maybe something you dislike. I think the trend that comes to mind is, I think around the world, COVID is affecting people in different countries in different ways. And the trend that comes to mind is the one of hybrid work. Um, I think during the, depending on where you are, especially in Australia, that we had a trial of hybrid work where midway through COVID, when things seemed to be uh, get better, people started returning to office and then things started to get worse and everything started closing again. Um, and then now we're in that same phase again where things are opening up, people are going back into the office and people are getting sick and people are getting COVID and who knows what's going to happen next. My personal feeling, and maybe it's an unpopular opinion, um, but as an introvert, as a designer, as a design leader, I have not felt more heard or more seen in my companies than in the last two to three years of working remote uh, during the COVID pandemic. Um, I think this is the future of work. I think we just need to find and new ways of working so that we can include not just, we can include everyone. Yes, there is a certain need when it's safe and when it's okay to do so for us to meet up in person. But at the same time, there are many benefits to working remote. Um, and I'll be very interested to watch that trend and how that develops over time, whether hybrid work actually works or whether people are simply um, using the old way of working in a remote fashion. You know, not everything has to be a meeting. I know there are many different ways of actually doing things other than having a meeting. We don't all have to be in the, in the same space to do good work together. So for me, that's an interesting trend to watch to see what's gonna happen next. Do you have any other final comments or thoughts to share with us, Tim? I'm excited to give the talk. Uh, I'm very eager to hear your questions. Um, I am very interested to and keen to actually hear the other uh, speakers at the event. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to a conference or an event, so I'm really looking forward to attending this one. Thank you so much indeed for your time, Tim. Uh, great to chat to you all the way from Adelaide in Australia, and uh, we very much look forward to your talk. Thanks for listening to the Understanding Users podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, do please like or comment wherever you're listening and feel free to share it more widely. And feel free, of course, to drop me a line with any feedback via LinkedIn or my website, researchable.uk. Links are in the show notes. Join me again in the second of this three-part episode, where I'll be chatting with the next two inspirational keynote speakers at UCD Gathering 2022. Ben Holiday of TPX Impact and Daniel Tuitt, freelance service design lead. Until then, stay safe and stay user-centered.